I have a theory that everybody that's on set or in the office or near a movie or involved in a movie in some way, everybody is there to be creative. Everybody is there because they want to be a filmmaker. And to shut that off is such a misuse of people. And it's such a waste of energy. You know, the camaraderie has to be there. And, you know, there's a reason why we look for people that want to make a movie as much as we do so that they'll work just as hard. Hey everyone, welcome to Call Sheet, a podcast about film production and the boots on the ground work of below the line crew. If you work in physical production in any department, this show's for you. Thanks so much for joining us. Today on the show, we'll be talking about building crew camaraderie and the role of the production department in facilitating positive morale. Once again, we're your hosts, Bryce Sirier and Kiku Terasaki. Hey there, Kiku. Hey, Bryce. So I'm really excited. Our guest today is Joshua Gonzalez. He's a Los Angeles-based producer, production manager, and production coordinator. Some of his recent credits are the feature films Knives Out, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, and the indie drama Leave No Trace. Josh is a perfect guest to tackle this topic today. He's all about finding new ways to combine the creative aspects of filmmaking with the working parts of a set. He firmly believes in fostering a sense of importance and creativity through every facet of the project. From the cast to the crew, he seeks to work with individuals that are completely in tune with the end vision, creating a true community, working with the same intention. So we're really excited to learn more from him and hear his stories today. Welcome to the show, Josh. Hi, thank you. Hiya. Stoked to have you here, man. Um, I think we'd love to just start with having you tell us your story. How did you first get started in the business? And, you know, if there were any big breaks or key career moments, if you could just kind of highlight that for us, we'd love to learn more about you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I started doing theater in high school and met a lot of cool people that were in that. But I always had an affection for movies and I always loved movies and dissecting them. And I would throw movie parties where we'd come in and I bought a projector and would put them on my wall and me and my friends would just dissect them. And one of the friends that I would watch movies with a lot was doing a short film in Arizona where I'm from and invited me just to come along and so I went on set and immediately just fell in love with it yeah and then I kind of hooked up with um, the guy who was helping produce it who had done movies went to ASU film school and he had a production company and asked me to do a commercial and so started doing little commercials here and there and then eventually we found these 48-hour film challenges in Arizona you have to make a three to five minute movie, write it, shoot it, and cut it in 48 hours. You have to use a certain dialogue and a certain prop. And then they kind of turn you loose and you show up later with 48 hours later with your hard drive. And so, <laughs> you know. No sleep. No, absolutely no sleep. I mean, we just did it all ourselves. Then I met through my friend Ryan Caldwell, who I was doing these with, and he was like my main partner. Um, he introduced me to this guy, Kieran Thompson who was in LA at the time, just getting out of LA film school. We were all kind of the same age. They had worked together here and was from Arizona. And so he called me one day and said, I think you'd be a good PA. You ever PA'd before? I said, oh yeah, of course. Of course I hadn't yet. <laughs> I was actually working at a jewelry store, but uh, pretty much I quit the jewelry job that day and haven't gone back to a, a regular job, I guess, since then. But uh, yeah, started PAing that way. And then in coordinating, uh, years after PAing with Kieran so much, uh, he had finally gotten a job to production manage a reenactment show 
for discovery. Uh, and he had just asked me if I ever thought about coordinating. And I asked him what that meant. And he kind of gave me the gist. And uh, I interviewed for it. And they gave it to me. I'm not sure why. But they let me do it. And that turned into doing it four times after that for the same company. And uh, I always wanted to work in movies, always wanted to tell stories, always wanted to do original content, always wanted to work with creative people. And so moved to L.A. to, to do that. Tell us more about your relationship with producers Chris Stinson and Amy Green, who you've done a lot of your recent work with. You told me that they really influenced your approach to production. Is that right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. So once I moved to L.A., literally the very next day, I had a buddy text me that his friend Chris was looking for an office PA. And so went there and met Chris Stinson. Chris is a producer, line producer, uh, came up through the AD system and then coordinated and then managed and then line produced. And I mean, he's just somebody that's keeping the film in mind, somebody that's keeping people in mind. The way that he's able to craft a set is, is unbelievable. Um, he got a movie and was saying he was going to set up the office and wanted to know if I would help drive the truck up and unload the office gear and help kind of put the office together before he got there. Um, and so I did that, drove the truck up, was supposed to go for two days, I think. And then two days turned into a week and oh, maybe two weeks. And suddenly I was the APOC on the job <laughs> and it was a union job and it tried to own it. And I just said, okay, I, I just strapped up and, and went. And Amy, who is his partner in life and in work, they're both producers. Um, they both came and, and we all just clicked and we all just got along so well. And uh, I just fell in love with them. Is he DGA? Yeah, yeah. He's DGA, PM. And then uh, I believe he's in the PGA as well. And Amy? Amy is a producer, uh, part of the PGA. And also, more recently, a stunt woman. Cool. Amy does the stunt coordinating on a lot of our movies and, and stunts on a lot of our movies. And, uh, you know, we're just kind of a little family. We always live together on every movie. They've kind of just really trained me, really took me under their wings. They just have the best family that they've created. They're fun. They get things done. I get to challenge myself every time. I get to try to make things better. I get to figure out different ways to do things. And, uh, yeah. I love that you call it a family, right? A community. So we'll, we'll use your relationship with Chris and Amy and their mentorship of you kind of as our framework moving forward in the conversation. To start, Josh, let's hear a little more about what are some of the key principles that you've learned from them? You know, you make everybody feel important. I have a theory that everybody that's on set or in the office or near a movie or involved in a movie in some way Everybody is there to be creative. Everybody is there because they want to be a filmmaker. They don't want to be shit on and they don't want to be treated less than. They want to be a part of as much as they possibly can. There's the, you know, especially in younger PAs that are just out of school or anything like that. I mean, there's such a hunger there. To shut that off is such a misuse of people and it's such a waste of energy and, and a waste of interest. And so, honestly, the biggest takeaway that I have from them is to just treat people with kindness and to to pick the kindest crew and work with people that you love you know there's a reason why we interview everybody down to the set medic i mean every single person gets an interview because you know the camaraderie has to be there and and the uh, the love for filmmaking has to be there as well 
you know, we look for people that want to make a movie as much as we do so that they'll work just as hard. We'll circle back to your interview process here in a bit. We want to learn more about that for sure. Uh, real quick, for those of our listeners who might be newer to the business, how do you see your role as production coordinator in the context of the whole crew? Yeah, so obviously there's the traditional definition of a production coordinator that you can kind of find anywhere of just, well, this person sets up the office and this person gives out all of the latest information and we're dealing with unions and dealing with all of the insurance stuff, cast, making sure scheduling and organizing cast to go get their physicals if they're required, uh, communicating with accounting and making sure that those, those guys are all taken care of and everything like that. But yeah, I mean, always in touch with your UPM and your line producers and literally you're there to pick up the pieces. You're there to keep the train on the tracks at all times. We're kind of a nervous system in a body, I think. I mean, basically anything that's not going to fall on a direct department to do is us. That's a great metaphor for production. The nervous system of a body, keeping everything connected and, and functioning properly. I love that. With that in mind then, Josh, can you tell us more about your personal motto? You mentioned it to us before we started recording. Honest, open, and willing. Where does that come from and how do you apply it to your work? Yeah, so few years ago watching the movie don't worry he won't get far on foot he had a little saying on his computer that said honest open and willing and it just struck me is that's how I like to approach every job I'm going to be honest about what I can and can't do I'm going to be honest about what's going on where we're actually at things like that uh, I'm going to be open enough to hear everybody out I'm going to listen to everybody I'm going to be open to being asked to do things that maybe not are not in my job description for that job and discuss it and make sure there's a good reason for it and make sure they see how much time needs to be devoted to that. Uh, and then just be willing to do the work. That's great. So how do you see your role as POC in building camaraderie between all the crew and the departments? Yeah. For me, it's personally, you know, the people that are in each department that I'm going to be talking to a lot, I really enjoy getting to know them, seeing what their workflow is like. You know, I'll ask them, I'll go up to a first assistant accountant and be like, hey, man, we're going to be fast friends. You know, like, let's go over your system because I can kind of adhere to anything, really. I mean, I can work that into a workflow uh, pretty easily. And so, you know, you tell me what you need and, and I'll do that. And I try to do that with every department where I get to know them, see them on the weekends. I mean, really get to know them and, and how they tick and help them succeed just as much as I want them to help me succeed, I guess. You know, it's mutually beneficial. Totally. Can you give us some insight into your hiring process, bringing on the right kind of people? How do you vet crew members so that this camaraderie that you're establishing isn't isn't thrown off or threatened? Yeah. Um, for us, for just I'll start with just production and, and the people that I'm hiring and interviewing and calling. One thing that Chris taught me was, you know, never guarantee anybody anything too fast. And so if I'm getting a new PI or I have a set medic or something, there's a many, many times where I'll say, hey, and this might be giving away my secret, I don't know, but many times where I'll say, oh, we just need you for two first two weeks and then we're gonna bring in our guy that we normally work with when there's really nobody there. But it's just to kind of see, like, we don't know this person, nobody's vouched for this person, it's a random hire. Um, and it normally works out because bring them in. And if we like them, we'll say, okay, yeah, we need the first somebody for the first week or two weeks. Uh, just kind of exactly how he did it with me. It started as one day, went to two weeks, went to two months, and then I was there for five months. And so 
kind of use that, but on a shorter term basis with kind of everything that we're doing. And so all of our office PAs and everything like that, we'll get you in there. We'll see what you can do in the office. And honestly, I bring in a lot of PAs. We kind of front load the beginning to get the office up and running and, and to get everything going. And, and we're always watching it, just kind of observing on how they are on the phones, how they are on the computers, how they are making lists, uh, how they are organizing information. Or this person might be really great on set and does not want to be in the office and should not be in the office and they want to go on set and they're going to work with their hands and they're going to go do that. And we keep that in mind too. And so that's kind of how we find all of our PAs and lower level positions. Um, and then the rest is us just sitting and chatting with everybody. I mean, it's literally, who are you? What do you do? Where would you come up? Uh, getting to see what they're all about. You know, one thing Chris told me early is personality will trump experience with him always. Most experience can be taught by being thrown into the fire, but personality is something that you just have to come with. And, uh, you know, there's been plenty of times where we meet somebody that's very nice, but just the way that they approach stuff is just a maybe a little bit too forceful, or we think they're going to come and kind of disrupt a little bit. And we'll kind of skip it and see if we can find somebody else that might bleed into our, our way of thinking. And along the way, we always pick up more and more people that we take to the next job. And so now the family is quite large. I mean, there's so many positions. I mean, these are the people that we love to work with. And so, and that's something that they were doing way before me. And, and, and you know, it just becomes a family and you just realize these are the people that I'm going to be able to be around for 12 hours a day at work. And then I'm going to be able to go home and not feel stressed or anything like that. It's, it's honestly personality based. There's no, let me see how fast you can do this or that. It's just personality and if we like it come in for a couple weeks let's see how it goes let's see if this is something that you like see if we get along and if so we'll go from there that's awesome i love this idea of like a probationary period yeah for folks who might not be on a feature or a tv show where there's multiple weeks any additional advice that you'd give even if you don't have time for a probationary period what are you looking for that says they've got the right personality eagerness to be there for one I always tell people in the interviews, especially if it's their first time on anything, making movies or commercials or anything for that matter is very hard work. If you do not want to be there, you are going to be miserable. It's not glamorous. You're in the trenches. You're around the same people constantly. And so, yeah, eagerness to be there, wanting to be there, kind. I don't care if you're quiet. I don't care if you're loud. You got to be nice. You got to listen. That's my biggest thing is if I'm talking to them or telling them a story or something and they're just can't wait to talk, got to go. It's just not going to work. Especially if you're finding like a cast driver or something like that, you know, you don't want to have to tell this person more than once. Don't speak unless you're spoken to, you know, somebody that can follow directions that's eager to be there and just wants to make it as much as I do really. Yeah. Don't you think that we all feel that we're part of the whole creative process? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm huge into, like I was saying, building that community. Everybody wants to be in that, involved in that. You know, when I produce now, most of the meetings are held in like a big studio room and everybody's invited. For a PA that's just coming out of college or something that is hearing a director speak about their process and things like that. I mean, as long as the director's okay with it and everything like that, you know, um, it just fires them up suddenly they also have the same interests in mind when they're making a decision, including everybody as much as possible. And I love to 
um, if somebody does show an interest in coordinating or the office world or anything like that, I love to just get them into the Dropbox and things and just say, just take a day and scour it and ask me any questions you can possibly think of. Here's, you know, I have one book that I really like uh, that has forms in it and, and kind of goes, breaks down roles of everybody and who's who and things like that. I'm like you get spare time, your job's to read this book and just kind of, observe and really just take it all in and get as much knowledge as you possibly can from every single experience and listen to everybody and listen to how it's going and that's i mean that i explain it that way because that's the way that i came in is just every single thing that's said near me i take it in i apply i figure out why they say it how why they're doing that why would they say this or why would they want to go through this route or anything like that and just kind of dive into it and try to find the logic behind it cuz once you understand something doing it becomes second nature. Okay, so important question. How do you handle conflict when it comes up? Honestly, I try to I try to take everybody's circumstances into account for everything and and, and listen to people. That's the main thing for me is just listening to what they have to say and what their problems are. And uh, you know, if there's something that needs to be done, I will go just as hard to help them that I will in my own department. You can tell me and I will figure out how to make that happen for you. I'll be proactive in helping. And you know, there's times where you gotta call replacements because something's just not working. And it's really unfortunate, but it does happen. Of course, there's gonna be people that just don't see eye to eye with the way that you do it. And it's not to say that they're wrong or I'm wrong or they're right and I'm right. It's just, they may be used to something different uh, especially working on these smaller indie films, you know, sometimes we get people that come from bigger budget stuff, studio stuff, and you know, the job's very different on a studio film and an independent film. And so, like we were talking about being honest, open, and willing, man. I mean, it's just, I will try. I will try. And if I just can't, I will give you a realistic timeline of when it can happen. Yeah, well, what do you think has been the biggest challenge of your career so far? <laughs> the hardest challenge, to be honest, for me was learning Excel. <laughs> I mean, I stayed up for a week, I think. Thank goodness we live in a day and age where you can YouTube something and figure it out right there or find a tutorial on it because, you know, I grew up pretty poor. I didn't go to college. I made it through high school, but didn't even have a computer. And so I didn't know any of this stuff. And so just dedicated myself to it, had my wife teach me everything she knew about Excel watched all the tutorials I could find and just played and played. Now you're pro at it. I can get by. I, I know enough to get my work done, <laughs> I guess. Bravo. But yeah, but thank you very much. What's your ultimate career goal? Yeah, career goals are definitely to just produce. I mean, I love to produce. A lot of people get into it wanting to direct or write or whatever. But for me, it's all producing. Um, not being a full creative producer where they have no idea about the budget or the processes of anything, but to be somebody that can marry that really well, make the money work for the movie. And so I want to be that guy that can take that director's vision and come to him with three solutions before he even hears of the problem that's going on. That's great, dude. I love it. That's why we're doing this podcast. Totally. Yeah. Thanks, Joshua. Well, this has been such a great conversation, Josh. We really appreciate your time and all these insights. We've reached the point on the show now where we do our Abby Singer segment. It's the second to last thing we do before we say goodbye. 
our guests can share a story or lessons learned, some sort of anecdote that sheds light on an interesting aspect of their job. Do you have something that you'd like to share with us? Yeah. So my story is about taking care of yourself during production (laughs) because it's so easy to get wrapped up in all of the work to be done that you forget that a well-rested, well-fed mind will get 20 times more done in a short amount of time than a exhausted mind. And so uh, very early on in my career, I think my third movie that I worked on, Chris was the producer. And and then there was no one until you hit me at the production coordinator. So it was just me, him, and another producer really running the whole thing. And everything that comes with making a, a movie for $1.2 million. I mean, you're not sleeping. You're, uh, you're burning the candle constantly, you know, between locations, just helping everybody do everything with that amount of budget. No one had any help. And so we were always the guys that would go out and you need cones laid down, you need whatever it was. I'll, I'll go out there. I, I did the initial scouts for the locations even because our location manager was busy until a week later. And so we had just been going crazy, burning the candle, hadn't had a day off in forever. And day one of production comes and I'm going to go there first. I'm going to line up all the trailers. I'm going to clear the parking lot. I'm going to get the building open. I'm going to get everything ready for everyone. I'm going to get breakfast where they need to be before anybody gets there. Cause I love to arrive to set if I'm going to be on set an hour or an hour and a half before anybody gets there. So I have some time with the space breathe, figure out if this goes wrong, if this goes wrong, what can I do here? Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to be the one guy to land everything. I'm going to get everything set up. Call time, I was supposed to be there at 5.30, I think was the call time. Made all my preparations, set everything up by the door for the night before so I could get up and head right out and ended up waking up at 9.30 or 9.45. <laughs> uh, my body just responded to literally nothing. No, my wife's shaking me. Alarms are going off. My body is just telling me, nope, it's not going to happen. And so eventually I come to and I look at my phone and I got 100 missed calls from Transpol, where they're supposed to go breakfast, where they're supposed to go. My line producer, my producer, director, I think, called me to make sure I was okay. All of these calls and uh, had to call Chris and say, well, how to go. And luckily, you know, he understood and he, he said, okay, well, get here when you can. And of course, I've never been late again in my entire life, I don't think. So <laughs> that taught me the lesson for sure. Take care of yourself. Drink a lot of water during production, especially if you're in the office because you don't think you need it, but you absolutely do. Get a lot of sleep. Eat good food. Take care of yourself. Bravo. Oh my gosh. No, that's literally my worst nightmare. That's why I set like like 10 alarms on production days. Uh, but that's a great lesson, man. So important for us to remember, take care of ourselves, our bodies, our minds. Uh, it's just a movie, right? And we, we just always got to remember uh, to to put our health first. And uh, that makes us more effective when we're out there on set. So Absolutely. Josh, do you have any parting words of advice to young production folks coming up in the business about finding their path and, and working their way up? Yeah. So when I started PAing, it was like such a thing where I never said I could do something that I honestly didn't feel that I could actually learn. Or if I took the time and I put the work in that other people weren't putting in, you know, I I would do the research. I would ask everybody that I knew. I would ask producers. I would tell them, hey, I haven't done this before. 
Uh, I was completely open with them and, and just, I have a question about this and why you do this and why you do this. And through that way is the only way that I've been able to, to do anything that I'm doing now as fast as I was doing it, you know, cause you learn so much by telling somebody, especially if it's their area of expertise that you don't understand it. You're looking for this outcome. Walk me through how to get there. I don't need just the answer. I want to know the process. I want to know every single step so that I can make it more effective in uh, in my office as well, you know. Yeah, man, I, I love that. Don't just give me the answer, give me the process. That's honest, open, and willing right there, man, your motto and everything. Yeah, you know, I, I just love to be in the trenches and I love, like I would just call the rental houses and I would go to the rental houses and learn how to set up light stands and just set lights up just in case grips or electrics needed help. They would call me when I would get out there. I'd say, okay, I'm going to be the only PA that the DP knows their name. So if they need anything, they're calling on me or the producers know me. They're going to know my name because I'm going to be everywhere and I'm going to do everything. I love it, man. Great words to live by. Just want to say thanks again, man, for such an awesome conversation. We appreciate your time, your stories, your insights. We look forward to staying in touch and having you on a future episode, man. A lot of fun. Thanks, Joshua. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. And that's Taillights, folks, on another episode of Call Sheet. This show is brought to you by Elgin Entertainment. It is produced and hosted by Kiku Terasaki and me, Bryce Sirier, with support from our associate producer, Nathaniel Duber. I'm also the editor of the show, and our theme music is by Robert Mai. Our guest today was Josh Gonzalez. We talked with him about how to build crew camaraderie, including hiring the right people, managing conflict, and how to set a tone for effective collaboration and problem solving on your team. Thanks again, listeners, for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode and keep coming back for more. I'd just like to remind you, if you'd be so kind, please share the show with a friend or colleague and take just one minute to leave us a review in whatever podcast app you use. We really appreciate your feedback and support. Also, if you want to suggest a topic that you'd like to hear discussed in a future episode, please send it in. You can email us at callsheetpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media at callsheetshow. You should also check out our website for the latest content and news. That's callsheetshow.com. There are links to all of that and additional resources in this episode's show notes, so be sure to check those out. Remember to stay tuned for new episodes of Call Sheet every Thursday morning. And in the meantime, good luck and go make it happen.